This episode of the Off Course Podcast is brought to you by Bagboy. For over 75 years, Bagboy has been at the forefront of solving the experience of getting the golf bag from one location to another. Whether you're looking for the smooth ride of a push cart, the durable travel covers, or a bag loaded with features, Bagboy will certainly have a quality option ready for you. For more information, visit www.bagboy.com. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. Hello, my golfing friends, and welcome back to another episode of the original Off Course. I'm your host, Dan Edwards, and joining me for this 153rd episode is my good buddy, Dean DiCrescenzo, Mr. D-Deck, uh, staff writer extraordinaire on, over there on THP. How are you, buddy? Doing good, Dan. Back in the saddle again. Yeah, my on again, off again, kind of sort of not really co-star in this whole venture. Uh, not to shell James with too much of emotion here. But uh, yeah, thanks for jumping in. Um, we are Wednesday night, so not not super far out on the recording, uh, but plenty to talk about as we wrapped up the first major of the year. Sounds like you are not necessarily playing much golf this week, but uh, are at least in season at this point. Where where are you with that <laughs> golf game of yours? Let's just get the let's just get it out right now. Well, uh, actually, I've played. I played uh, 18 holes on Saturday or Sunday, one of those days. And then I played nine holes today. I'm going to get in another 18, uh, I think, on Friday and maybe some on Saturday. So it is it is ramping up. Um, at least okay. getting out there is ramping up. Now we just got to get the the scores and the, the performance uh, going in the right direction. Okay. So the is the weather cooperating? Uh, you know, last weekend, last week, first off, it was crazy. It was, you know, close to 90 degrees, which was way too warm. I know that's going to sound funny to people, but way too warm for April. <laughs> and the, then this body gets shocked, man. It doesn't know what to do. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, this week it's been in the like low to mid forties. Um, it's about to warm up to more spring-like conditions, you know, the next few days, which will be nice. Uh, today was, uh, I think, 42 and breezy, but I, I, I needed to get out there. I wasn't in the office. I needed to work. So I needed to golf, should say. So it so got out there. The breezy's the kick, man. I feel like, I feel like as golfers, we can tolerate an awful lot, but when you add in the wind with the cold weather, it just... It just sort of pisses me off, for lack of a better term. It's like, why does it have to be both? Why can't it just be cold, or why can't it just be windy? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's funny because when uh, my wife wanted to play today, so she's she was my partner in crime, and she was outside. Uh, we did some yard work, uh, and so she was outside and came in. I'm like, all right, so we're good. We're ready to go. She's like, yeah, let's go play golf. I said, okay you think it's all right she's like as long as the wind doesn't blow it'll be fine <laughs> by the time we're on the third hole she's like the, the wind just hasn't stopped i can't can't deal with this but yeah if uh i think we've talked about it before you know i could take the rain or i could take the cold or i could take the wind i don't want to have any combination of the two <laughs> when the umbrella can't stay above you or the the rain comes up and underneath. That's when the real problem comes. Have you ever played in conditions where it's so like cold and windy that you put rain pants on to try to really like <laughs> deaden that effect? I have uh, no. Um, <laughs> I get. I feel like this time of year I can be picky enough to where if it's cold and there's rain in the forecast, I'm like, hey, we'll go over and eat breakfast and see what happens. But I'm 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 not like a cold weather rain golfer. That's uh, I'm my boys are barely, and by my boys I mean my playing partners <laughs> are barely inclined to, clarifying. to play in the cold weather or the rain to begin with. So once you once you add in both, it's usually like all right, let's do some club work or let's get like a breakfast burrito or something. And and I respect that. But I do have a wet weather story that's pretty fun. Uh, I, I took a trip up to Indianapolis. Not, I, I, I want to say I didn't pay a lot of attention to the weather, but we had an idea that it was going to rain a little bit. 
and we got there and we were playing this course called uh, purgatory which is a pretty fun one challenging track uh but it didn't really matter because unless you had a canoe and floating golf balls like the likelihood of scoring that day was pretty low uh and this rain just came in man like crazy and you know i'll play in wet weather i don't mind but on this day i can't remember the kind of nike shoes i had but at one point i looked down at them and i i took my you you know me i never tie my shoes so it's very easy to get them on and off so i i took them and we, i mean we can go into that if we need to but i i took one <laughs> foot out and i tipped the shoe upside down and a legitimate puddle pool of water came rolling out uh and at that point i was like all right so maybe maybe the back nine's not the greatest plan and i still have that rain check uh, for the back nine many many years later uh it's so funny our willingness to try and then you know especially if there's nothing to lose (laughs) do you have any of those stories like that where it's just like there's absolutely no reason to do it other than what else am i gonna do with my day so i i've got two and one was with you, actually. We were in Nashville. And <laughs> yeah. where we woke up and it was like the forecast was terrible. We're like, what, what are we going to do? So we went and put, tried to play golf. And I think we got like four holes in. And if you remember me like trying to bend my one foot, you could just see the water oozing out of my, my Puma shoe at the time. I, I think at least two pairs of shoes did not make it home on that trip. <laughs> uh, so long story short, THP had the staff in to do some video work and play some golf, just a nice little team building session. Uh, THP was headquartered in Tennessee at Nashville at the time. A- and everyone kind of just really wanted to get out there and play. It had been so long since we'd all played together. And yeah, we made it. So I think, it, I think we had two holes of not really much rain. And then it just came down like buckets and it's just pure misery. It was fun, but it was also like, all right, at this point we, we admit defeat here. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. The other, uh, the other one was the time, the day before my wedding, uh, you know, we got married at a really nice country club in the area that I used to play golf at in high school. And as part of the wedding package, you get to play golf the day before might be the reason why i picked the location <laughs> so might be. The, the day before it was you know the weather wasn't gonna be great and we got uh me and my groomsmen we were probably on hole like five and it just started downpouring and i'm like guys you know what we gotta get we gotta go back anyway so we might as well play up through nine and then we'll grab lunch and we'll see how it is and i remember the putting green is, is massive and there was a puddle forming on one side and another one on the other side. And they just kept getting closer and closer and closer together. And my one buddy says to me, look, if those two puddles are connected by the time we're done with lunch, we're not going to go out and play. <laughs> so, all right. So, you know, we sat in there and, and we ate and we're watching the puddle and I'm telling them like, all right, check, please. We go out and they were probably like maybe three feet away from touching. Like, all right, boys, we're good to go. Meanwhile, <laughs> my dad and one of his buddies who played uh, in the group ahead of us, by the time we got done with lunch, they had just finished playing. He's like, oh, we just went through it because what else were we going to do? Like, yeah. Hmm, see, now you guys know where I get it from. <laughs> <laughs> it's his fault. There you it's go. His fault. <laughs> All right. So rules question, uh, which I, I suspect I know your answer is a complete and utter lack of care in the world, but <laughs> Love so, chaos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so you get out there and it's wet conditions, right? And as the rain's coming in, you get a big, big downpour. You're on hole two, but it's a quick one, uh, but it's a lot of water. So you get on hole four and you happen to notice that all the bunkers are washed out and they've pooled. So there's a bunch of water in the bottom mm-hmm. hit into one of those bunkers with the pool of water. You, you can't see your ball, but you know, for sure it's in there. You didn't see it going, but you know, there's no other place to go. What do you do and how do you score it? Oh, yeah. I mean, for my, for my lack of care, like you yeah. say, I'm <laughs> saying that, I'm saying the ball is in that in that puddle in the bunker. And if I could drop it in the bunker, I would. 
Um, but that's not likely. Let's be real. I'm dropping it in the grass, like behind the bunker, and I'm hitting my shot up, up and over and onto the green. Then do you go swimming for the Chrome Soft or what? No, I let it. I let it go. It's it's donated to the course <laughs> at that point. <laughs> so I played. I think, I think forty five or fifty holes of the same Chrome Soft last week, and genuinely, I played some of the worst golf I've played in a year. Um, and and our playing, I was actually a sub in men's league, so I was doing enormous damage to any credibility I had <laughs> with my buddy who asked me to come out and help. Uh, but the other team just kept finding the golf ball and kept finding the golf ball. I'm like, guys, I'm really trying to lose this thing. Stop finding it. <laughs> and finally we ended up in a hole with water and I put it in there. I said, if you idiots go swimming for that ball, <laughs> I will fight you. And sure enough, I parted the next hole. So <laughs> now were they like going into you know, into like treat areas to try to find this golf ball. No, mostly just, just, like, mostly ah, just Heather. Yeah. Cause our course is lined with Heather. So I, I imagine it wasn't terribly challenging to find them, but I think they were thrilled at the idea that I just couldn't get rid of this damn thing. So does it drive you nuts when you play with people who always want to look excessively for either their golf ball, your golf ball, or they're just hunting for golf balls and trying to come back with more. So, I played a round of golf. I can't remember. Maybe it was on like Father's Day or Mother's Day last year. And I happened to be wearing pants, which this is the time of year that I can. So I do until I can't stand the heat, uh, which actually takes quite a while. And I don't want to have that on tour conversation at all tonight. Um, but I happen to have pants on. So it's like that at that point, you're bulletproof, right? Like you're walking through. It doesn't matter at all what you walk through. And I'm walking through our tall Heather finding golf ball after golf ball. It was myself, my wife, my dad, and my son. So we're, we've got nowhere to go. We're taking our time. So I basically just hand over the cart at the tee box and I just troll down these uh, endless streams of Heather while they, you know, putter off my son's heading, whatever. And dude, I found so many golf balls. I was like, I totally understand why these dudes do this now. Now I didn't keep any of them. They either went to my dad, my son, or my wife. But you know, at the same time, it is is actually pretty satisfying to find a brand new, you know, Pro V1 just hanging out in the Heather. It, it's not a, a bad feeling to do that. Now, to backtrack on that, it really irritates me when you can tell that a primary goal of a of a person is to find someone else's golf ball. Like if you go in there to search for yours and you commit that extra half minute or so because you know where it is, I'm okay with that. But if you were hunting for somebody else's Pro V1 or looking for an upgrade, you know, <laughs> at that point, I'm like, all right, bud, let's uh, let's focus up here. You feel differently or the same? And, no, I, I kind of feel the same. I used to the course I used to belong at, uh, you know, used to play with people who early like this time of year, they would just go. Uh, that course was all like cut into the woods. So they would just, you know, drift off and they'd end up in the woods for you know, five minutes a hole and they'd come out with <laughs> seven or eight golf balls on each hole. And it, it used to drive me crazy. And they'd always be like, Oh, look, there's your ball in there. I'll go get it. I'm like, no, I, I don't want you to go get it. I'm not even going to get it. I'm just going to put a ball right here and, and I'm going to play on because I don't, I don't care all that much. Um, <laughs> I do have a friend who marks their golf ball by writing, not yours on it. And I always found that funny. So I'm thinking if I found that in the woods, I would know, Hey, it's not mine, but most likely I would know whose it is now. <laughs> it's the only person I know who does it. <laughs> Speaking of people. So yeah, you, you, you go to play golf with them and they spend all their time in the woods and then a hole and a half later, they show back up to play some more golf with you. Is that basically the idea? It's kind of like field of dreams. They just yeah. appear. They're ready. They're ready to go on the next tee box. <laughs> So I need to call out uh, Anthony, former member Anthony C. We we got together in Knoxville, and then the first day he had a little bit of a case of the left, so like the anti-Canadans right now, basically <laughs> going the opposite direction. And he ended up, I think, on two alternative fairways and spent the whole time on that fairway heading up to the hole. It was pretty funny. We we lost him. I I, fe I felt like we lost him at least twice. And then he magically appeared back at the green. We sort of converged. <laughs> he was just looking for a, a different way of getting there. Yeah. Now, in his defense, he wasn't looking for any anybody else's golf ball. He just wanted to go hit his own. And it was one of those courses. It was. I think we all paid ten bucks to walk as a five sum. No one was out there. It was pretty sick <laughs> uh, for for a day one thing. The only thing we were missing was like hard Mountain Dew or something. 
but uh, it, it wasn't one of those things where he's hunt hunting. Uh, they were just fairway on fairway. So just it, it was a good introductory nine holes for the weekend. Just everyone's ru- getting the cobwebs off and and there he went. <laughs> so he rarely played the right fairway. Yeah, I mean, I've, I have not played a lot of golf. Him, so I'm looking forward to convincing him to hit a couple fades the next time we hang out and, and see uh, if he can if he can experience a couple dog like rights instead of dog like lefts. So, well, I'm sure if he's listening today, that that's what he's going to work on this weekend is going to the rage and work on hitting some fades. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a text over this. So if, if I do before you get too sassy, man, congrats on the 34 the other day. That's huge. You should be playing golf like that. Um, keep it up. New Jersey. Yikes. <laughs> uh, we need a new topic, man. I, I, I love that uh, when I get you on here, we we just randomly go down the things that I think everyone's thinking about this time of year. And uh, I, I know that weather's a hot topic. I mean, every week my group looks at the weather and it's like, let's see what happens. And then for whatever reason, the, the middle of the week looks amazing. Like it's going to be 80 plus degrees here tomorrow. And then by the time the weekend hits again, it's going to be like 45 and windy. It's like, can we just... Can we just create a little bit of sanity? I don't know who's paying off who to have nice weather during the work week, but uh, you know we we need to do a better job collectively as a uh, collaboration with the weather to to get this right. You know, I don't know who we pay off to to make that happen. We need nice weekend weather, but not you know what? Not super nice weekend weather because <laughs> you don't want everyone else to agree. I don't want everybody else out there yet. <laughs> so you know, my I think my ideal springtime golfing temperatures right around like 60 degrees i'm okay. perfectly good with that so if we keep it around there i'm fine i don't need it to be like last weekend when it was you know 75 80 then there were a lot of people out 60 degrees with the sun out is amazing yeah you sun out the... five mile per hour wind yeah I'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be extremely greedy here and say one mile an hour wind but sun out <laughs> is a big deal so <laughs> okay tiger woods ea sports no win done yeah done yeah <laughs> now let's uh let's talk about something different you have a uh, a new golf bag in tow i just happened to see some pictures of it tonight it looks absolutely spectacular uh and it's from bag boy can you tell me a bit about it yeah so it is the their new bag for this year it's the bag boy ztf it's a stand bag and ztf means uh, zip to fit so the, the big thing on this bag is, you know, that big compartment on the right that you put all your clothing in, you can actually just zip it off. And the same thing for, you know, that other accessory pocket that's usually like where your water bottle holder is on a bag that we want to call it the low left pocket. That one could go off too. So it can really strip down from, you know, a full size uh, stand bag to kind of like a really slim down, almost like a Sunday bag. Type of yeah, thing, we don't but... like to use the term Sunday bag because ew, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, but you know what? It's not even really like a Sunday bag. I, I'm going to say it, but it, it's really like a slim, very slim down stand bag. So, you know, what I find interesting just right off the rip here is it's so challenging. Uh, maybe it's different in person, but just looking at the photos you posted on THP, it's so hard to see that it's this like, not collapsible, but uh, adjustable golf bag. It just looks like a, a a very clean, cool, new, typical stand bag. And for it to have that sort of functionality and not look totally different, that's that's awesome in my books. Yeah, the only place that you can kind of, uh, at least from the photos that I threw up on there, uh, the only place you can really kind of see there's one of the tabs to, to hunt Velcro is down right behind the water bottle holder other than that everything is pretty much concealed behind that bigger pocket already so that you know it's not nothing is visible like you say you'd look at it and you wouldn't if i said to you hey look dan i'm gonna take this huge accessory pocket off you'd be like (laughs) with what (laughs) (laughs) you you know scissors you need some scissors i usually bring scissors to the golf course (laughs) It, it, it is it is really cool when i first got wind of this um trying to think when we heard about it december early january uh you know i was really looking forward to it because i it's something where i don't like to clean out my golf bag a lot so if i could just you know lop off a pocket that <laughs> that's helpful you know i cleaned out my golf bag uh before my first round a couple weeks ago and i had so much stuff in it 
and stuff that I knew I wasn't going to use for that round. So in my mind, if I'm going to go out for a round and I have like my rain gear or a winter hat or something like that stuffed into that side pocket, I know I'm not going to use that stuff. I could just take that whole pocket right off. And all of a sudden that makes it a little bit nicer for me. Do you work for bag boy? Was this bag your idea? I feel it like was it was absolutely totally, designed for you. Totally my idea. Okay. I'm so, glad they listened to me. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me double down on this. I wonder, do you think they'd be willing to send you or sell you additional pockets with different colorways? Uh, that'd be pretty cool. You could like have one for wet weather, one for uh, cool weather, one for party time, which we'll has, it, you know, we'll the, call it the, the George Costanza bag. <laughs> George Costanza used to dress based on mood. I will accessorize this bag based yeah. on mood. Yeah. Oh, so what you're saying is the, uh, the emo pockets will be black. <laughs> uh, I would your... be shocked to see them go that direction. Honestly, paint your nails neat. and your golf bag. Good job. I love that. <laughs> what a cool idea though. I love it. Um, it are you, are you like me in that as soon as you got it in, the first thing you did was try it on. But then the second thing you did was completely and utterly pull it all apart just to see how easy it was. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You I just can't live and let live. It's and you know, I I, I adjust I adjust the straps, but you know, there's nothing in the bag yet. So yeah. I'm, I'm there adjusting it, trying to make it feel comfortable. Then you know, as soon as you add some weight to it, you gotta fiddle around with it again. But yeah, I was I was really into it. And then you know, my my son was there when I opened it and he had his little putter because we were playing in the backyard. <laughs> nice. So he immediately goes and puts it in the bag and like, no, buddy, that one's not yours. Yeah. <laughs> you stay away from that. Well, your wife, Jen, has she made claim to it yet or is uh, are you going to survive this one? As you can imagine, my wife was super excited when I said to her, hey, a golf bag's getting delivered today. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised you tell her, like, you got to lay claim to it first. <laughs> well, I like to give her a heads up on things because then it gets the eye roll out of the way very nice, quickly. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I, I was looking at those bags and, and we've obviously talked about it in the podcast already, but it, it's, it's a really fun take on bag functionality. We've seen some really interesting variants on that, especially the PGA show. Um, some bags that just are, incredibly non-traditional in presentation but but again in this case it it really kind of aligns with that typical stand bag presentation which i think is a huge positive uh when you consider that functionality exists behind the curtain in a lot of ways um the one other thing i wanted to ask you about and i know you've experienced quite a few golf bags in your your playing days and especially as a writer on thp but is there one feature on the bag that you think you absolutely must have one of those little like extra features you never thought would matter. Mm. First off, I, I like that you said my playing days because it made me sound like I was a much better golfer than I, than I really am. So I'm going yeah. to say, you've thank had you for your that. moments. I tip have video the, of you having the, a moment. So tip of the cap. Oh boy. A, a feature on, on this bag or just on any bag, just in any general? bag, man. Like if, if you could say, I want a stand bag, it must have this, uh non-effective like uh, i'm not really talking about the, the way it carries or the quality of the stand or anything like that mm -hmm. is there something about a golf bag that you absolutely would love to have so the, the the feature that i really like on some stand bags that are out there are uh that cart strap loop that you yeah. get on because while i do walk a, a vast majority of my rounds it is nice to be able to put a bag on a golf cart and make sure it is, you know, get that little strap. What do you, what do you want to call it? <laughs> strap tunnel <laughs> where it goes through and mm -hmm. actually secures a little bit better because we've all had those stand bags on golf carts that kind of turn and shift and don't always, you know, sit properly. So that's always a, a feature that I, I really like. Another one that's like a much smaller is uh, I like when the towel ring is up high as yeah. opposed to low. See, now you're getting, this is exactly what I'm talking about. The things that you don't necessarily absolutely 100% need, like the, uh, the glove, the little bit of Velcro that just that was, in the bag. That yeah, was going to be my next are, one. <laughs> you're nailing exactly what I'm talking about. I, I look back at some of the ideas that came across, like, uh, not necessarily designs on top, like some of the stuff I just never really got, like Woody, uh, but like there was a, I think it was an Ogeo bag that always had the, 
the middle slot for three golf balls. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? You like yep. plug it in there. Like I never, ever, ever want to use this feature. <laughs> and yet here it is on my golf bag <laughs> the center. It, it's funny because for a lot of people, that would be something they'd love to have. Whereas I'm over here, like, you know, being super picky. I, I have a bag here that I think is really awesome. The feature that's on it. It's a stand bag, but each of the uh, arm pieces, like it's a carry, mm -hmm. uh, like a backpack style carry, the typical, what you'd have the double strap. And on each strap, it has uh, a smaller kind of cutout strap that you run the, uh, the cart through, uh, what do you call it? The, the strap on the cart, you put it through those things and it holds both straps up. So they're not dangling. It is unbelievable how good that feature is. That's so, kind of nice. Yeah. So not only are they out of the way, but you know, you play in those wet days in a cart and you're not taking your time when you go through the puddles. Like that's when you go the fastest, right? So, <laughs> so everyone's been guilty. You go to put your bag on at the end of the round and the, one of the straps is just absolutely sopping wet because it hangs you know, down by the tire well. Well, in this case, this feature allows them to sit up high and, and never get in the way or, or hang down too low. I, I was blown away at how efficient that feature was, but it's something you just it's you don't need it for the functionality of a golf bag, especially not a stand bag. And yet here we are talking about it. Well, my my I guess my current bag before the bag boy one uh, is going to get loaded up tonight. And they both have the same feature, and it is that their their straps have like a little clicking, so you can just quickly release the straps and just leave them in your car. Really? So my my current bag is a Moto Caddy bag, and that was mm. something that it that's the first bag that I noticed it on. Uh, I think it's one of those features. We'll count that as one of those features that you don't really think about too much. Yeah. And I remember taking the straps off, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is great because you know if it's on a a Moto." caddy push cart or electric cart or on a regular uh riding golf cart they're those like you say those straps aren't in the way anymore they're not dangling all over the so, place but they have to get that right because yes. i've heard that uh I'll, i won't name names because that's not what we do here <laughs> no i'm kidding they're uh i've experienced bags that are unbelievably loud to walk in and squeak because of that uh i guess it would be plastic on plastic connection mm-hmm and that that's always my fear when I see it. I'm like, that's incredibly practical. However, <laughs> how annoying is it on round 10 or round 100? You know, see, that's where I don't know, because <laughs> I <laughs> when I took those things off on my Moto Caddy bag that went right on the cart and it just gets, uh, you know, carried around for me. Whether Classic it's you. On, yeah. So I, to be honest <laughs> with you, I don't even know where those straps are right now. They haven't been <laughs> out of bag in two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my course is still living in the stone age and won't let me take my click gear out there. So I, I have to know. <laughs> Someday we will have a therapy session for you on that. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably do it right on this show. We'll just let you yeah. go off. Well, maybe they'll start listening. I actually know that shout out to the Oasis members who, who hang out and listen to the show because I've been stopped twice in the last week telling me that they enjoy the show. I'm like, really? That's different. Because <laughs> I spent a lot of time being a little bit cranky <laughs> about some of the decisions here. No, it, it's cool to uh, to hear that. And and thank you, everyone, again, as always, for participating in this madness that uh, that I call off course. It's it's a blast to do it. So um let's let's keep uh sliding through some of these discussion points i i'm really looking forward and and just to full close this one i'm really looking forward to seeing your thoughts overall on that uh, ztf it, it seems like um it seems like an incredibly functional feature uh and i hope it holds up to everything you put it through uh I assume you have a good cleaning agent at the ready. He took a, a a big choice of the white, which looks spectacular. Um, but yeah, keep us updated on the forum. I know you will. Yeah, the the white is uh, it, it might be a little bit of a struggle to keep clean, but it, I think it I think it's the best looking bag of the bunch that they offer. So, so Jen says about it. you, yeah, your yep. struggle to keep clean. <laughs> she's spot, she's spot on. <laughs> you can't take me anywhere. I really want to talk about. Um, I really want to talk about some tour stuff. I feel like we've got a fair bit of time left. I know you're a big tour guy. Have you been watching enough golf to, to be dangerous or no? Sure. Let's have some fun. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the big discussion point, which I don't know when it was actually released. I just get 
little blips here and there, but it sounds like Tiger uh, was dealing with some damage during the Masters. We obviously all wanted him to win. He did not. Um, the cold weather came in and he disappeared. I assumed his his uh, withdrawal was more just based on the the rigors of getting up for an extra day and and having the complete and utter change of weather. I I assume that would be really tough on his body based on what he's been through. But from my understanding, he's actually had to have some additional surgery on an ankle to deal with some tissue in there. Do you, do you know much about that? So it, it sounds like it's, and I'm not going to play doctor, but it sounds <laughs> like it's the two bones, like below the ankle, almost like the top part of the foot that got fused together. Um, <laughs> and it, it was funny because I was in the car with my wife coming back from the golf course when we talked about it. And she is a, an operating room nurse and does orthopedics. So she knows a little bit about this stuff and these procedures. All right, go get her. I don't need to talk to you. <laughs> we anymore. we can get her on this. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, Jen. So tell me, is this going to be like, first tell me what it is. And she's telling me all about it and showing me pictures. And I, I have a very weak stomach, so I didn't want to see any of this stuff. How'd you get pictures of tigers? But it's ankle? not, I don't think it was tigers ankle. Okay. But, okay. Um, okay. Next week. <laughs> yeah. She could probably tap into the some kind of medical database, right? Okay. And uh, so I was just like, all right, so PGA's done. Like, U.S. Open? She's like, oh, probably not. I'm like, British Open? She's like, at three months? Mm, probably not. I'm like, okay, well, thanks for, thanks for destroying my dreams um, again. So <laughs> I don't know. She, um, th- I was reading a couple things, um, and what you're seeing is I've read some things by saying, thank goodness it was to his right foot in terms of the golf swing, because while he's going to lose some mobility, he's not going to have the pain that the arthritis was causing anymore. And, you know, we saw him pull out of a golf tournament in December because of plantar fasciitis, but she was obviously having some issues with that foot. And whether this is going to be a direct, um, you know, fix to plantar fasciitis that if there is no pain from it anymore, that'll be okay, but he's going to lose some flexibility, which like they were saying, if it's on his left foot, then, you know, he won't be able to rotate through or get up on that foot as well. So, I I mean, a lot of it's speculative in terms of what this man can and can't do because we've, who knows? He's a bionic man now. (laughs) Uh, He's kind of redefining what's possible to begin with right now. Yeah. Uh, No one seems to have been on the, I expected that to happen side of the fence at least those with a, a some sort of medical doctor title after <laughs> medical title after their name uh, but yeah i was i was disappointed but i think the problem at this point is i'm just not surprised you see the way he moves and 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 don't get me wrong i'm thrilled to see him out there but my fear is that as this continues and as he continues to press and we, we know the mentality that the tiger has, he's going to push it as, as far as he can uh, for as long as he can. But it's like, is this sort of degenerative experience going to continue? Does he need surgery on the next thing after a couple months? Right. Once he's healed from this thing, like I just, I really feel badly for the game of golf because there's no question that when Tiger gets involved in anything, the especially when it includes golf tournament in the in the title, there's a lot of excitement that follows it. And and it's not to say that golf isn't exciting. I mean, there's some spectacular play right now, especially I mean, John Rahm is a walking highlight reel at this point. Um but Tiger has just for an entire generation or two blown people away and it, it seems like we'd be we'd be lost without those additional experiences and and, and i guess i'm just i'm sort of s- bummed that it's kind of gone the way it has um and i certainly hope for an easy recovery what, what's your take on all that I, i'm i'm <laughs> it's weird because i'm i'm genuinely sad yeah about it and it, you know it's it's a guy that you know i don't know <laughs> but you know um it's cool to say that we've met before but you know it's you know there's no real you know bond at all but i'm really sad for him and i'm sad for the game of golf and and i'm kind of bummed for 
myself a little bit because I enjoy watching him play yeah. golf at, at such a good level. And, you know, to think of the road that we were on throughout, let's just say from 2009 to 2019, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a crazy time and crazy roller coaster at 2019 wins the masters and everyone's just like, all right, so he's he, back. He's, <laughs> he's got another one, you know, he, he's, he's got, he's yeah. got a major is, you know, he gets win. you know, wins at East Lake. He wins the masters. He wins at Zozo and he's at 82 and we're all kind of like, all right, let's get win number 83 and slay another record. Let's see it. And I've still thought that we would see win number 83. And maybe it's because I'm I'm thinking of it right now. I don't know if we will. And and I'm I'm pretty sad about that. I'm really here's, bummed. Here's what has been kind of eating at me, Dean, is that Tiger is incredibly unrelatable in and I think that makes the whole secondary experience to him. Like there's a lot of talk about him being on the champions tour, and and I truly hope he does. But Tiger what we've seen in the matches he needs to either find a different mode to play golf in i'm trying to piece this together without being super greedy but here here's my here's what i'm saying like if you go and watch john daly you're going to get john daly he still mm-hmm. kind of sort of does the same crazy stuff now as he did back in the day and people are in awe of it I think what made Tiger so fascinating and so exciting is that he just genuinely did things that were not possible uh, from what our brains could compute. So when we see it live or see it on TV, it's like, how in the ever loving, what did I just watch? And how, when can I watch it again? So you immediately gravitate towards that. But it's, it's crazy to make a claim like Tiger is incredibly likable during his prime. Right. I mean, yeah. You would, you would, you hear stories from other guys. Like the second he gets into that mode, he snaps into it, and it's just like, all right, I'm just gonna let Tiger be Tiger. Like, uh, really interesting point when Tony Finau mentioned it during their final round in 2019 at Augusta. It's not that Tiger was being mean; it's just Tiger was trying to be Tiger. What separated him from everyone else is separating himself from everyone else, right? And and I worry that. If we don't have the remarkable tiger, do we still get that North nostalgia that uh, has been brewing for over 25 years now? Do we still get that same flair out of it when he's riding around a cart, hanging out with Freddie um, in, in the champions tour? I thought it was really interesting in his master's press conference, uh, you know, before the tournament. And he was talking about, yeah, I just got this for a few more years, and then I could be riding around in a buggy. First off, I in thought a it buggy, was yeah. strangely called it a buggy. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, um, so it sounds like maybe he will be looking at doing some Champions Tour stuff. But, yeah, it's I, I really don't know the answer to your question, to be honest. Yeah. We're going to get do, a do different... You think, do you think he has any sort of real longevity on the Senior Tour when the entire concept there would be, like, you're just going to be a guy out there with a big set of records. You're not going to do anything out here the way you did it back then. And you have to respect what your body can tolerate. What will be interesting to me is if he goes on the champions tour, a, how much he plays and B how much attention it grabs to the tour. Yeah, that is a good point. Cause I mean, even, even Phil drew, massive interest for a short period of time right yeah and you were seeing champions tour talked about on like the front page of espn.com which sometimes you don't even see pga tour events talked on the front page of espn.com so (laughs) you you know i mean that i i think those are guys that do obviously draw some attention they draw eyeballs and they draw clicks and so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how much attention if he is a full-time member on the champions tour and plays, what do you want to say? 10 events. Is that too much? Does the money, does the money follow there? 
That's a good question. Because, I mean, money for him means nothing. And he, and he's made it pretty clear that he's very interested in doing course design at this point. Um, yep. Which is a... which frankly i think is a really cool to add to a legacy uh, i think the idea he can create challenge and, and beauty and in a totally different light is something i hope he continues to press and and puts a lot of his attention into um but yeah i'm i'm curious to see what it looks like i hope it's fun i think that's my biggest takeaway is i hope he can separate from that former tiger and just you can tell you get little tiny shades of it. Like you did the thing at Riv this year with JT, which obviously uh, did not get <laughs> received particularly well, but it shows you that Tiger can have fun while he's golfing. And when he's not on tour, I suspect his rounds with Charlie and with JT and uh, whomever else he's playing with down there in Florida is it's just full of just them taking for lack of a better word, taking the piss out of each other as our, European friends would say, uh, I want to see that tiger. I, I think that tiger twilighting on the senior tour would be spectacular for golf. Well, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, Lee Trevino in terms of antics on a golf course. You know, well, I don't, I don't necessarily mean antics though. I just mean having fun. Well, that's what I mean. Like yeah. having fun, you right. know, Trevino, Trevino with the rubber snake and yeah, you know, that kind of things. Um, and I don't know. I don't need it to be like, tongue-in-cheek goofy laughter all the time i just wanted i want him to go out there and have a great time i want to be able to watch him smiling and enjoying the game like i want to ride in the sunset with him you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) i i you know you there's one name in there that you mentioned that's going to be interesting is how much as his sadly as his body continues to break down is how much time he devotes into um, you know, Charlie's game. And if he's going to have a PGA tour career, how, how visible you might see him being, you know, on the sidelines. Yeah. Cause you see him when he talks about his kids, you know, his face always lights up, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's talking about his daughter with soccer, or obviously, you know, Charlie playing golf tournaments and you see him out there at you know, all these junior <laughs> events, you know, that, that side of him is, is really cool and fun to see. And it might be as, you know, five years down the road, I can't remember how old his kid is, what, 12, 13 years old at this point. You know, he's, he's less than a decade away from, you know, being in college and potentially playing in NCAAs. If his game is, is, is up to snuff at that point. And it might be fun to see tiger in that, that kind of role too. Well, I think right now he just watches himself in a mirror, just in mini form. You know, <laughs> their mannerisms are so similar. It's yeah, they really are. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm curious to see about it. But let's talk uh, bigger tour stuff. Is is there is there anything interesting going on other than pace of play? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Cantlay still needs to wrap up his final round at the Masters. He's probably got a tee time to go finish that up. But uh, what else? What else? You know what's going on in tour? Slow play is just absolutely brutal. I know. I know you don't want to talk a ton about that, but Matthew Fitzpatrick just like <laughs> went crazy on the tour. Called him essentially an abomination. Really? With how bad? Yeah, how bad slow play is. And what he said was, <clears throat> "Look, we have the times, and we don't pay it. You know, we don't." penalize guys i think the time should be faster so right now you get what 50 seconds if you get to the ball first and 40 seconds if you're the second player to play he was saying you should have to play faster than that and then we'll we'll see we'll see how how it goes and we've seen you and i were talking about baseball before we signed on and the the pitch clock has made a huge difference in watching a baseball game it's a lot faster than how uh, you know, normal pitchers would deliver the ball and batters have to be ready. And in my mind, if what Matthew Fitzpatrick was saying is if we need to have faster time set, maybe that gets people moving a little bit more and it'll be more evident that, you know, Patrick Cantlay or somebody else needs to be penalized. So here, here's my big issue with it all. And, and I'm for lack of a word, disgusted by slow play. I, I don't understand it. I, I don't think it's respectful for other people's time. And um, if you're 
if your goal is to go out there and play golf, you're you're choosing to take a slot in hundreds of people's day. And the pace at which you play dictates the speed at which they get to play everyone behind you. So if you're, if you're going to be selfish and play in a Cantlay-esque pace, I, I think it's, I, I think that's incredibly unfair. And I think those folks need to really take a second to think about what they're doing. But I'll say the same thing about the tour as I do about my home course and any course I go to play. If they do not police it, I have absolutely zero expectation on any golfer to actually play to that number. And, and, and it's not to say that I wish they would because, <laughs> or I wish they wouldn't because I absolutely do believe that everyone has an obligation to respect the, the fellow playing partners or people playing the game. Uh, but if, if you don't enforce it on tour, what, what do these guys have to gain? And I'll triple down on that to say that Brooks Kepka at the Masters appeared to be beside himself after the pace that he watched. And uh, Hovland obviously didn't appreciate it because he was up playing greenside while waiting for <laughs> Cantlay to walk up. It was clear he was playing at a different pace. But then from what I hear, if Cantlay's so slow, how were they waiting down the stretch? There were numerous holes apparently where they did have to wait on people ahead of them. So if if you if you tee off on the second to last pairing on Masters Sunday and by 17 you're still waiting then you're not the problem. You you might be collectively a piece of it, you're not the primary issue. So my thought is where does this fall? And and then again, no differently than the complaints that a lot of people have is how in the world do they police that accurately throughout the day? Yeah, it's, I mean, it was, it was a problem. It's a problem. And they don't, I think that was the whole thing. They, they don't police it. They, I'm trying to think the last time that I could remember a pace of play penalty was at the masters. And I, it was with uh, the young amateur from. Yeah. Young kid. Yeah. I remember that. And people Uh, roasted them for doing it to him and not doing it to other people. I remember that. Yeah. That's the last time I remember that happening. So so I think that the the comparison to baseball is a really good one because it can have a direct impact on the outcome of a baseball game. We just watched Bo Bichette get uh, a, a called strike due to not getting the box fast enough with the bases loading one out. I mean, that that's a really tough thing to deal with as a batter. And, and I've heard and recognized these arguments saying that it is not fair to penalize golfers strokes, but because it has a direct impact on the results of the tournament. But at the same time, other sports are finding ways to do it and doing it in a, in a positive and efficient way. Why is golf not following suit? Yeah. And, and there's really no other way. I don't know how else you would penalize them. So people are saying that a stroke is too much. So, you know, a delay a game in football is five yards. Uh, a, we'll call it a, a bad time in baseball is a strike if it's on the batter or a ball if it's on the pitcher. Do you want to penalize, want to penalize golfers 10 yards? Distance? Give, Make give them hit one time. of them. If you, if you don't play fast enough, you have to put in one of these stupid new distance limited <laughs> balls in your next tee shot. <laughs> you have to drop it 10 yards back straight back behind you and if you it's get, in the rough so be it if it's in the water now you're taking a penalty <laughs> so you don't play fast enough there's a designated heckler that walks out and just starts talking negatively to you until you finally hit the ball so we have uh we the, i think the dog has since passed but on the 12th hole of my home course there's a dog that that lives right on the corner house and it's sat there every year watching the guys tee off on the tee and if the guy took too long on the tee, the dog would start start barking at them to hit the ball. Because it, and as soon as the guy would hit it, it would run across the yard and watch the ball fly. So this is the pace of play dog. It was the greatest thing ever because you could heckle endlessly the guy who took too long. And the dog was very fair. I want to make it clear. He was not cruel. You didn't have to run up and hit it. <laughs> so we need a pace of play dog on tour for every hole. Every pairing gets a pace of play dog who, who doubles as a support dog for when some idiot thinks he needs to slam a golf club on a beautiful golf course. 
So now do you get one pace of play dog per group or do you do one pace of play dog per hole? Listen, I'm I'm a dog guy. <laughs> I had this I had this debate with my wife the other day. She's like, I would love to bring our dog out to the golf course. And I'm like, you know what? I would love for our dog to be on this golf course too. The problem is you let our dog in this golf course, then everyone else's dog gets to come to this golf course. And can you imagine the chaos? <laughs> so you mentioned that on my round on last over the weekend, I was playing and I was texting with my wife because her and uh, my son were at the playground and trying to sync up times and whatnot. And I sent her a picture. It said, I'm on the 15th hole in this lady is just walking this beautiful looking dog just right down the cart path so i sent her a picture I'm like look at this it's like we could probably bring millie out let's have some fun <laughs> so you know she um and leo came home or came to the course and they walked the 18th hole with me and i looked at her, so where's where's the dog yeah, i didn't want to go get her i'm like come on i sent you a picture of the dog on the course that would have been the perfect opportunity it's so opportunistic <laughs> yeah i don't know man I, I love the direction we went in i love that something as stupid as pace of play brought us to animals which are wonderful but i i would love to see the tour do a better job of policing these guys and be a little bit re relentless on them because I, I love the idea of there being some freedom, some leeway for these guys where if a shot is more challenging, there should be a little bit of room to like, all right, I get it. This guy's trying to like wrap a ball around a tree while this kid's, do you see the Spieth clip this weekend where he goes to hit a ball and the girl sticks her hands up and he's like, can you just can you keep your hands down? But thank you so much for doing what you're doing. And then in like way in the foreground, this kid, gets falls down in the middle of the thing and his dad's <laughs> pulling him by his legs yeah. out of the way and everyone's just laughing at it and then the kid behind him goes hey jordan you gonna do something stupid here or something like that like it, in that case i can understand giving them some extra time to compose themselves stop giggling at the kid who's getting dragged to the car by his feet you know that that whole thing but there are guys out there who do that on every shot who absolutely need to be penalized and i think once the threat is there of penalty, you will see these guys change the way they play. No different than baseball. And, and you know, Spieth used to be one of those guys. He used to be pretty, pretty slow. Oh, yeah. With those things. Uh, he the more you see him, it seems like he's gotten a little bit better, but he still likes to talk over every single shot. And you know what I think happened? They, they stopped. They stopped shoving a camera in his face. I bet she still does it. I've said this so many times. You know why that happened? Because he stopped hitting the ball in the fairway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> then, just they it. Stopped, like he, then they stopped putting the camera in his face. He was the tour's poster boy for a hot minute and he got like the tiger experience and the, everyone was like, oh, he just whines too much. He talks too much. I'm like, bro, he's being a human being right now. Just give him a break. If they stop shoving that microphone up is, you know what, it wouldn't be so bad, but let me uh, let me double down on that and say, has Jordan Spieth sped up or has everyone else slowed down? <laughs> oh, yeah, it might be everyone else has slowed down. Have it's you watched um, Xander Shoffley? Yeah. Someone halfway through the Masters coverage made a comment about his dancing fingers. That dude's hands like blink on the golf club six billion times before he hits. At least, um, yeah, I... Uh, Who's the guy who used to waggle the driver head? Duffner. Oh, Duff, yeah. You know, he had like the three waggle thing on top of it. Mm -hmm. Like at least that was entertaining and consistent. Sh Shoffley looks like he's having like a mental breakdown as he stands over every golf ball. His it hands are like dancing. It's like he's playing the flute. It almost <laughs> reminds me of Sergio back in oh, 2002 when he would regrip, he would regrip, you know, eight nine ten times before he hit a shot and uh, that became a thing at beth page keegan bradley keegan bradley was like that kevin nah i mean there's we we got to get these dudes out of these crazy habits Dan, and you, you know the worst we were talking is? about pga tour golf oh that guy's <laughs> fair, not here anymore fair play so <laughs> uh <laughs> damn it dean so, <laughs> we got to get these guys out of these habits. And the worst part about it is these kids watch this and they just go straight to their course and emulate the crap out of it. It's brutal. Look at Sam Bennett. 
Yeah. Oh, there were people genuinely mad at the pace that Sam played. He, he was he was brutal with it. So, you know, we talked about pace of play and, and the Masters. So here's the last here's the last five pairings that went out. Right. So you got Xander Shoffley and Patrick Reed. Then you got Morikawa and Sam Bennett, uh, Matsuyama and Russell Henley, Hovland and Cantlay, and then Kepka and Rom. The, there's not a big group of super fast players in there. Until the end, right? Rom yeah. and Kepka play pretty Rahm and quick. Kepla, Rahm and Kepla, uh, Kepka play pretty quick. Russell Henley at times plays pretty quick, but he can be slow as well. It, you know, Sam Bennett is pretty slow. Shoffley, you know, does a little finger dance or what do you want to call it? The, the magic flute <laughs> dance or <laughs> He's playing fingers. the flute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, like it's crazy it just, that you just listed off five pairings and focused on a guy and just about every one of those saying like this dude needs to pick it up. Yeah. And the worst part is you have a guy who's an amateur who people barely know anything about. And the last time he was televised, he was getting roasted for his pace of play. That that is a challenging thing, and and I hope the tour does something about it. But what are what's the point of us as fans saying like, look, figure this out? We've got guys holding up their cell phones with a clock on it while Cantley's hitting, showing almost three minutes between a shot. Like, it's so blatant, and the fact that there's nothing that's going on kind of reminds me of the distance thing. Stop complaining about something no one wants to change. Although I don't. Well, I guess the tour makes a lot of money in beer sales if it takes longer for the rounds <laughs> to finish. Um, and I get a pretty good nap in and get to wake up for dinner and the end of the round. So it's not all bad, I suppose. I love that you mentioned the video with the, the running clock on the phone. Yeah. Uh, the Shooter McGavin Twitter account <laughs> put that up and did a side-by-side video. And it was when uh, Happy Gilmore's in the, the tour championship and he starts talking to Chubbs and he says he's got to go to his happy place. And he goes to the happy place. That's all. It's the bad happy place. And he's like, in the, the whole clip and he's talking about, he's like, check this out. Happy Gilmore was able to go to his happy place, take three swings at a golf ball completely with before Patrick Cantlay even took one swing. <laughs> Just like that. That's fantastic. Uh, do you think Cantlay reads any of this and has any opinion? I don't know if he cares. Isn't that weird? I don't know if he cares. Can you imagine what, you know, so you see Cantlay and Xander Shoffley are pretty good friends. They go to like wine country and stuff like that. Can can you imagine walking around the vineyards with Patrick Cantlay while he's trying to like sniff the grapes and stuff like that? Do they have golf courses there? I'd be more rude (laughs) playing behind him. Like, bro, can you move? Can you just, can you move? (laughs) Yeah. Let's go. Oh man. This is a very triggering episode. That's well done. We've, we've, we fit on some pretty horrible things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we did work in dogs and baseball. So yeah, anyone had that on their bingo boards? Congratulations. We're trying to recover. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, do you have any other parting thoughts tonight, Dean? I suppose, suppose today when this goes live. Uh, so we will be in round two of the, the Zurich Classic Team Golf, which is uh, an interesting event. And I love there's one team out there that I really, really hope gets a lot of TV time. And it'll probably only be for the first two two rounds. It's John Daly and David Duvall are teaming oh up goodness. in this event. Okay, how awesome is that? I want to see them make the cut. That'd be crazy. As long as Duvall has massive shades on, I'm willing <laughs> to participate. Daly's like rocking the old school party hair, and uh, I guess he's got a pretty rowdy beard right now. We saw him at the uh, THP covered the 50 year Cobra. Uh, party launch party celebration a couple days ago and daily was there that was he looked uh, like he was having a great time so uh i just want to see him rip and diet cokes and heaters and you know did i ever tell do. you my john daly story from the first tour event i ever went to i think it's a good final cap on the episode All right, i'll make me. it i'll make it quick so the first event i went to was the greater hartford open which is now the travelers championship Okay. And John Daly, we're watching him, and 17 is that crescent shape hole that goes around the water. So he drives the ball in the water, and he comes. We're standing down below. He comes walking down this hill, and he's he's trudging way ahead of the caddy, ripping a heater. <laughs> Gets down there, just the caddy gives him the ball. He takes the ball. He just. 
he looks like he kind of just throws the ball down to take his drop, <laughs> takes out, takes out an iron, rips it up and over the water and sticks it to like six feet. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that is golf right there. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Uh, oh man. There's another really good conversation about how golf is such an up and down. You hit two really good shots and blow a hole or two really bad shots really still make par. Let's talk about that next time. It's a fun chat. The roller coaster of golf. Write it, write it down, right. and we'll we'll see if we can get to okay. it next time. Okay. Uh, yeah. Did you did you design your golf swing around dailies or no? Uh, there's actually a belief that he uh, learned some stuff from me. Okay. <laughs> learned or learned or took? Um, <laughs> probably took. <laughs> <laughs> he saw the videos of me when I was like a little itty bitty guy. The flexibility I was like, wow, I could put the club head there. Yeah. So, yeah. Intentionally. <laughs> yeah. And now we're starting to look at it, look like each other. Now I'm getting the bushy oh, beard. I'm man. getting the big, the big belly. Don't have the distance though. Well, my friend, it's always a blast to chat with you. Thanks for coming on. Kind of saved me this week. Um, I hope the game kind of comes around. I, we didn't, we didn't really address the elephant in the room that his name here in Streamart is Mr. Topodopoulos, <laughs> which is not good, <laughs> but uh, maybe, maybe by the time you come back on, you'll have a better name and a better story. I would say I'm a high flyer, but I feel like that that Dave is taken by another random tour. Yeah, that's that's one way to sign up. Hey, <laughs> folks, if you're if you guys are playing golf this weekend, have a great time. Uh, I'm trying to get out there and play. It's looking a little chilly, and and my son is kind of stealing away weekend time for baseball and football, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. So I will ramp my way into the weekend. I hope you have fun if you do play. Um, check us out on THP. Dean and I will be there chatting about this show and all the madness that has occurred there. We always have a thread going. If not, have fun, enjoy the game, and please don't be the slow guy out there. Just play fast. See you guys next week. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode.